everyone, and welcome to the Learn to Lead podcast brought to you by Ability, an experiential learning company based in beautiful Austin, Texas. I'm your host, Matthew Confer, and today on the show, we have Alyssa Cohn, who was named the number one startup coach in the world at the Thinkers 50 Marshall Goldsmith Coaching Awards. She is a contributor to the Harvard Business Review, and she has appeared on BBC World News and in the New York Times. Thanks so much for joining us today, Alyssa. Thank you, Matt, for having me. I'm excited to talk to you. I'm going to kick us off by asking about an article you wrote this year that appeared in Forbes magazine. It was entitled, Become Exponentially More Interesting. So I guess I got to ask, and this is somewhat selfish in nature, how the heck can I become more interesting? <laughs> it's a perfect question. Uh, so it came out of a discussion I had with multiple clients who were trying to find their next, you know, their next uh, chapter in life and work. And they were talking about updating their resume or talking to recruiters. And the truth is that what I told them to do is become exponentially more interesting. And what that really means is expand your horizons, get yourself set up to grow. So the answer to you is you can meet people outside of your existing network who you find fascinating. You can try to do a new skill or a new hobby that you'd never have thought of before, or you can go and like shadow someone in their new, their job to kind of expose yourself to new ideas. Interesting has to do with newness and taking the new skills and ideas and network that you have and adding that into what you already know. One of the things about your work that is inherently really fascinating to me is specifically the work that you do with startups and what we can learn from startups, even if maybe we work for a well-established company. You're definitely seen as an expert in this space. And one question that I have is, in all of your work, what is it that most startups struggle with and how can leaders of any organization both learn from that and use it to maybe help mitigate some of the negative outcomes that are potential in the work that they do? Oh, that's such a great question. I think if I had to sum it up to one quality, I would say adapt. It's really about adapting to your environment. So startup CEOs and founders their company is changing really rapidly, six months, 18 months. The, the company that they started three years ago, five years ago, nine years ago is not the same company as now. And they have to constantly adapt their style and understand the situation and adapt to that. Similarly, the same thing is true with anybody inside of a large company, certain leaders inside of a, a large company, they have to be adaptable to the circumstances, especially these days, and then be agile in the way they adapt to it. Origin stories just fascinate me. So how did you get to where you are? Was there a defining moment in getting you to the place you are today? How did you start working with startups specifically? Uh, well, it's, is it, how did I become a coach or how did I start working with startups? Let's go one by one. Let's start with the coaching question. How did you know that this was something you wanted to do and how did you get into that industry? Good. So there really was a moment of truth. So I was working um, for a large company, a large firm, professional services. And let me tell you, it was a fantastic firm, but not for me. So I just kind of realized well, I, one day I sort of thought, oh, I hope I get the flu tomorrow. I hope I get the flu so I don't have to go to work tomorrow. And 18 hours later, I was rushed to the emergency room with the flu. So, you know, don't wish yourself the flu. That's really like lesson from that. And for a couple of weeks, I was like down on flat on my back, down for the count. 
And I was like, what am I going to do now? Washed up at 27, what will I do? And there was just something in my head that kept saying to make a difference, to make a difference. That was the importance of the important to me, specifically that the work of my hands mattered. So the firm I was at, it's fantastic, but like so big, I didn't feel like I could really make a difference there. So I kind of wandered around for a little bit and I met a coach at a conference. And as soon as I heard her speak, I thought that is it. That is what I want to do. And then I guess let's go into the startups. There's many um, opportunities to coach many different organizations that you can work with. What makes you so excited? What to you is so interesting about startups? Well, it's back to being able to make a difference is that you can really help in an early stage of a company where things are at times, I mean, they're exciting and they're ever changing and at times chaotic and the people are driven and the people are, um, adapting very quickly. And the founders that I work with, they are like peering over your shoulder into a future that you can't see. So being able to help them manage and lead a company to achieve that vision is incredibly rewarding. One thing that has always interested me is the types of questions that people ask. When you find yourself in a room with either a brand new client or a potential client, and let's keep on the startup theme. Yeah. What are the sort of questions that you're asking to try to understand maybe what the root of some of their issues are or where the opportunities for real breakthroughs are? Well, that, that's so interesting. I mean, as a coach, that's really what I do is ask questions. So one of my companies knows that when, they, when anybody on their team, on their leadership team says, well, what should I do about this? My answer is, well, what do you think you should do about that? And it's not about being a jerk. It is about recognizing that people need a moment or two to reflect. We all instinctively say, what should I do? Or what should I do here? And also we're all so um, swamped by decisions we have to make. We sometimes forget that if we just take a minute to pause and reflect, a lot of times the answers are inside of us. So I will sometimes ask a question, which is, well, they say, I don't know the answer. I'll say, well, what if you did know the answer, right? To really help them, um, really help them get deeper in, in terms of what's going on. I guess I would also say that, you know, questions that I tend to ask are, what have you already tried? What, it, what would it look like if it were working? And how did you want to show up or what was your goal? Because a lot of times people forget that in every interaction, it's really helpful to have a goal. It's not just to express themselves it's really to kind of uh, galvanize a group of people to do something. And I think it's really important for leaders to remember that all their communication should be focused around that. That's kind of a sample of some of the kinds of questions that come to mind when you ask me that. Let, let's keep on the, the leadership front. So you work with a lot of different organizations and, and of course you want them all to be successful and your coaching and guidance plays a part in that. But if you just found out that you were working with a brand new company and I gave you the opportunity to snap your fingers and give the leaders of that company one trait. What trait would be at the top of your list given some of the successes that you've seen in your career? Well, I hate to go back to adaptability again, but to me, that is the key trait. Um, I guess I would marry that to self-awareness because self-awareness is important to understand your own inner state and to understand the situation around you and to be able to marry your actions based on how you're feeling and what you're thinking, and then having the biggest impact on the people around you. 
So I'm going to say agility or adaptability and self-awareness. I like all three. Um, <laughs> the book that you have coming out, I, I love the title. It's entitled From Startup to Grown Up. So during all of your time coaching young companies, what has surprised you the most along the way about how new organizations operate and what allows them to succeed in the face of what can only be described as numerous challenges that all young organizations face? Well, I'm going to answer the second question first, because what I am constantly moved by, impressed by, amazed, amazed by is the tenacity and persistence of founders. This, like, I will find a way, I will get it done, raising money when it's not possible to raise money, pulling out a product, you know, getting a product released way early when it's not possible to release it way early. It's incredible to me how incredibly driven and persistent and resilient uh, founders can be. And I'm not sure if that was my surprise. I mean, I think my surprise was and still is just the, um, you know, I, I certainly, I, I spent a lot of time as a coach early in my career in large companies and large established companies are pretty predictable and kind of stayed. And I think that what surprises me is the array of surprises and um, I would even say shocks to the system that startups have to face all the time. A question that we get frequently from listeners talks about routine and how people set up their day. Given that you're at any given time doing lots of different things, potentially working with very different organizations, how do you set up your day or what have you learned about the best way to make yourself as efficient as possible over the years? Mm, it's something I've given a lot of thought to. So I'm, I'm not perfect by any by any means. But what I do know is that I need to get enough sleep. I need to have a morning routine, which consists of something like thinking and writing and maybe even email for a period of time when I wake up. Of course, coffee, coffee goes without saying. And then also I'm committed to, and I'm disciplined by having fitness every single day. So that was true before the pandemic, when I worked out with a strength coach four days a week, and it's true now in the pandemic when I work out with that same strength, strength coach two days a week by Zoom with my own collection of kettlebells, which I'm obsessed with. And, um, you know, in other days I run, but just moving my body and having that um, experience of tension and relaxation, I think is really important for like the feel good hormones. And then I do some version of reflection journaling um, or meditation after that. One theme that comes up a lot in your work and has come up in a few of your answers has been about networking and the power of networking. And you actually have a course that's coming out soon entitled Learn to Love Networking. So this is a multi-part question. Take it however way you want. Why do so many of us struggle with networking? Why is it so powerful? And what can we do to get better at it? Oh, thank you for asking. So the, cl the class is already out. It's on knowable.fyi, learn to love networking. And um, as I was preparing the course, I was asking a lot of people like, what is the problem with networking? And the truth is it comes down to people think networking is, you know, handing out business cards and asking for a job. 
um, or spamming, like sort of sending emails to everybody they know about a job that they're looking for. And when you receive those emails or receive those business cards or that ask, you're kind of turned off and you don't want to be that person who then is like asking everybody else for everything else. And so there's like an artlessness that we sort of have, we think has to do with networking. Um, I would just say it's so important to network because if you, at its highest, most pristine level, if you are networked, you are living in a world where everybody's on your team and you're on everyone else's team. So what that means is you can get more done. What that means is that you can help more people. You can live a richer life. I tell a story in the class um, that, I, that I recorded about one of my clients who he was a very networked guy, also a very nice guy, very genuine guy. One of his friends got laid off and using LinkedIn, only LinkedIn and only online resources and email, he was able to get his friend an interview to a job that he ultimately got his dream job within six weeks. So if you wanna be that kind of person that can be that helpful to other people, it's important to be networked and it also enriches your life. So should I keep going? Yeah, go for it. So it enriches your life from the point of view of you get a, a kind of a serotonin hit for like, oh, I just helped that person or, oh, what a great conversation we just had or the ability to turn small talk into more meaningful, genuine conversations. So you kind of have a richness of your life back to being exponentially more interesting. And then the last thing is that the way to do that is to find opportunities to network. So if what you're doing is we're doing a lot of remote work now, double down on LinkedIn, go into LinkedIn and other social media and think about people that you haven't talked to in a long time. By the way, I just had a birthday. People who I've not talked to in a long time reached out to me to say happy birthday, which was really nice. And we got back in touch just for an instant, back on the radar screen just for an instant. You can also do virtual cocktails. You can reach out to folks that you should have met at a conference or you met at a conference two or three years ago and say, well, we're not traveling right now. So um, why don't we just have a, a quick virtual coffee? When you're in person, and some folks are able to network in person, it really just means um, finding out if there's something interesting about the person you're face-to-face -face with. It might be also about seeing that um, like you, you take your kids to soccer or you take your kids to school or you yourself do this thing every week and you're running the same people over and over. It might be just stopping and reflecting who do I want to have a deeper conversation with and get to know better? A lot of fruit comes out of those kinds of relationships. Hmm. I like all of that. I think it's exceptionally powerful. And as we get close to finishing up and moving to the rapid fire question, I have one more question for you and it's a coaching question. And I guess okay. I'm a little bit curious about this. And I've always been interested in talking to our guests about advice for their younger self. And so I'll pitch the question this way. If you were coaching your younger self, what would you tell them? What do you wish you had known when you had started out? What were some of those skills that would have been great to have that you didn't know at the time? Mm, I guess I would answer that in two ways. From a personal traits perspective, I would tell myself, and I still might tell myself, enjoy the process and enjoy the moment and don't worry so much about where it's going. It's going to be okay. Like to my younger self, I'd like to say, it's going to be okay. I think from the point of view of uh, sort of skills, I, I guess I would just say that I, I think I've done a great job continuing to build my craft. 
I think that I have sometimes been a little nervous about putting my content out there. And that, so I got started a little bit later than maybe I should have. So maybe don't be so nervous about putting your content out there. That is a wonderful spot to shift to the final two rapid fire questions that I get to ask all guests. And question number one is this, if you could describe your leadership style, but I only gave you one word, what would that word be? Enthusiastic. And the final rapid fire question is this, what is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? The best piece of advice I've ever received comes from Marshall Goldsmith, my mentor and a fantastic coach himself. And he told me regularly, if you don't ask, you don't get. Well, asking, if you don't ask, you don't get. And enthusiasm is a wonderful spot to close. Thank you so much for joining us today, Alyssa. Where can our listeners find out more about you? Well, they can uh, connect me on LinkedIn. I'm just Alyssa Cohn, A-L-I-S-A-C-O-H-N. Come to my website and I have a number of downloadables there you can check out, um, alyssacone.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at Alyssa Cohn. Thank you for all the great insight, Alyssa. And thanks to all our great listeners for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, we would love a rating and review in your podcast app of choice. And we truly appreciate it when you share our show with your network. You can find me on social media at Matthew Confer. You can find our show on Instagram at Learn to Lead Podcast. And you can find our organization Ability at Ability.com. Be sure to subscribe so that you get our next episode. And I want to thank all of you for joining us on the Learn to Lead podcast. 